Hello and welcome to the Wanderer podcast. Thank you very much for downloading. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and many other podcast providers. Uh, we are also on Twitter at Wanderer Podcast if you'd like to send us a message. Uh, my name is Phil Slatter and once again I'm joined by Mr George Taylor and Mr Simon Hall. Good evening gents. Hi Phil. Evening, evening Phil. Wonderful to be here again. Thank you for having us. You're very welcome. Otherwise it'd be me talking to myself. Now, normally this podcast is uh, dedicated to discussion about the mighty Wicked Wanderers, but what we're going to do this time is discuss what football might look like in a post-COVID world. Now, football has continued during the pandemic with many changes, so what we're going to do is look at which of these changes could or should continue, as well as what effect the pandemic might have on football uh, down the line. Uh, We hope that come the start of next season, all restrictions will be lifted and things will be back to what they were in February of 2020. It might take longer than that, we hope not, but either way we felt this was a good opportunity to look into the crystal ball and see how things might look in the future. Now we've divided the discussion into four main areas, um, attendances, the game itself, uh, television and looking to the future. So firstly we'll just go on to uh, attendances. Um, once all restrictions are lifted, uh, we're all looking forward to getting back to Adams Park and watching live games with no limits on um, attendances or social distancing or anything like that. There may be test events, they may introduce some um, limits between, between now and, and when we're back. But once all those restrictions are lifted, do you think uh, we will see an increase or a decrease in attendance? What do you reckon, George? Uh, it's an interesting question. And really, I think we'd need a crystal ball to properly answer it. But I do have a vague opinion on this. So I think there's a couple of elements we need to consider. First of all, I think there'll be genuinely people who will be uh, hesitant to, to go back um, because of, you know, they've, they've obviously been shielding for a, a year or so or, uh, or so on. And whilst they may have the vaccine, I think there'll be an element of society that needs to um, integrate back into society, if you will. Um, one of the promising aspects on that kind of uh, on that side of things was um, the recent pictures that we saw uh, of the Isle of Man, and they lifted restrictions uh, a few weeks ago. The pubs open, the cafes open, and they were full, and, and people wanted to be out and wanted to be there. So I think there will be an element of people who who will take a little bit a little bit of time to get back uh, to to things like sporting events. Um, but there'll also be to counteract that. There's also an element of people who want to go and do something and, and make up for the last sort of year or so uh, of missing out on these things. So I think attendances in general will, will get back to normal it, it, per se fairly quickly. Um, and, and genuinely, I can't see a huge, um, a huge reason for them to, to dip or, or necessarily exceed what they were before. Now, in terms of Wickham, actually what you what you may have is because we've had this season the championship um, there is a bit of excitement around the club and it may actually bring back in some people uh, who may not have been um, been with us pre-covid um, gain, gain some extra supporters in that case so I can only really see positives um, but again I, I'll, I'll caveat that with the with the crystal ball aspect of it is is that really we don't know until we get there yeah Simon I, I'm actually the opinion I think at first um, attendances are going to be lower than they were on average um, from, from pre-pandemic times because I think the diehards will return and if you go and you look through the sort of Wickham fans and the, so, you know, we're so keen to get back, we're desperate to get back so the diehards, that's, that's kind of one of the things that's top of your list to do when things are lifted is to get back to Adams Park or get back to the football but 
We also need to remember there are other things in life that people haven't been able to do, um, seeing family, going to the cinema, going to restaurants, going to theatres, all that sort of thing. Uh, also, for some people, money will be tight. So I, sort of, I think the casual fans, they're not all suddenly just going to suddenly flock. Football's not necessarily going to be top of their list of things to do once restrictions are lifted, especially considering how much football there has been on telly. What do you reckon about that? So, I mean, I had a bit of a think about this question. It's an interesting one. I think pre-championship, pre-COVID, um, Wickham were made up of a very loyal but intimate fan base, right? And I think that fan base, more or less, money-wise, would 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 make every effort to go and see Wickham. It's a pretty loyal one. It's, as I say, it's quite intimate. And I, I, I think, contrary to George's point, actually, I think this season... No, no one's fault, but I think we miss a real chance. Of course, we'll get we'll get in the fans who would would normally have not gone and seen Wickham because they're like, ah, oh, hang on, it's Championship football. I'm going to see my local team, Wickham Wanderers, in a Championship playing big teams. What an opportunity! But I, I hope I'm wrong. But I think those same people will say, oh, look at them. They've they've struggled, and they're not going to be as inclined to go and see Wickham next season because of. Outsiders might say, oh, they've, they've had a bad season and that, that, in, that excitement, may, we may have missed it slightly. I hope I'm wrong, but I think we'll be back very close to those normal loyal fan, that nor, normal loyal fan base very quickly. I don't think money will be a, a part, but I think the excitement around the club, we may have missed it a little bit. We, we might get you know, a, a few trickling in, but I don't think it's going to be as big as maybe we had hoped. I think, I mean, we'll discuss this a bit more when we get onto the aspect of television, but people are kind of, they don't, it kind of highlights just what is, how much of a second watching football on television is. And so there will be people that we just, we've, we've watched loads of football. You know, you can watch mm. endless streams of football. There's, you, know, you can watch sort of three games in an evening and then five games on a Saturday, another five on a Sunday. There's been loads of it, but people just want to get back to the game. But I think that, that is kind of almost exclusive to the to the diehards the people that love it um but also even those people still going to have other things that they're going to want to do so maybe a fair point football yeah. could come down on the priority list of, of what you want to do because like well i'll be able to go and go there there's going to be 23 home games next season i'll be able to go to game four game five and on my yeah. first couple of saturdays i might go and see family or go and do other things so moving on to the um the game itself um we know that congested fixture lists are going to be a thing of the past and the sides are not going to be playing sort of Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday as, as regularly. Uh, but what about FA Cup replays uh, and extra time in the League Cup? Will they make a return and should they make a return? I mean, these were things that were maybe being phased out. I mean, we saw, I think it was from the quarterfinals, there were no FA Cup replays. We maybe saw before the pandemic, those were disappearing. Are they going to come back or are FA Cup replays a thing of the past? I sincerely hope that they're not. The FA Cup replay, or, or certainly getting rid of them, would be a disaster uh, for a lot of football league clubs. Uh, it is there, it's a genuine opportunity. I mean, you only I, I watched it's the anniversary of the of, of uh, Wickham Wanderers at Leicester uh, City and, and Roy Estendo's goal. I think it was yesterday. And uh, if, if there wasn't for a replay, if that, if that winner hadn't gone in we'd have got Leicester back to back to Adams Park. Uh, so we wouldn't have, in, in, a, in a quarter final of the FA Cup, and we wouldn't have had that chance. We wouldn't have even got anywhere near it if it wasn't for replays. Um, so, so you only have to look at that. 
there's and there's a huge every season there's a huge amount of, of teams that benefit from from replays and and the fans love them as well you know it's, it's, if you let's say for instance you're you're a you're a, a league two team or even a conference team and you you draw a premier league team in the in the third or fourth round um you you go away there and you can get them back to home or if you can you can be a home ground um and 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 snatch a snatch a draw and take them back to uh take them back to uh an old trafford or, or an anfield or something it's absolutely what the FA Cup's about. So to, to get rid of those would be an absolute travesty. Uh, extra time in, in uh, the League Cup, I can get my head around that one a little bit more. If, if we need to get rid of something, it would, be, it would be that. Yeah, I completely agree with you, George. I think there's a lot of things going on that was ruining the modern game. And one could argue VAR and the handball rule and all this kind of stuff, which I'm not going to go into and we can go off on a tangent there. But Let's not ruin it anymore. The magic of the FA Cup for lower clubs is fantastic. Let's not, let's, you know, we don't want to see very kind of d- d- changes being made as well. There's lots that needs to be repaired in football. Doing that will just cause more damage, I think. And I think that's, a, a, that's an interesting start to you make there, George. I think um, from, uh, when you say about getting a replay, I mean, just go back to 2016. We played Villa at home. Um, uh, probably the, the highlight of that season was that game. Uh, it was sold out on the telly. 1-1 draw. Good afternoon. Really good afternoon. Um, and I just remember as that game went on, you could just see us regressing a bit and trying to defend because we had something to play for. We, the players were thinking, I've got a chance to play at Villa Park. The owners were thinking, we've got a big payday. And the fans were thinking, we've got a big night out at Villa Park. And the whole dynamic of it is very different now. I mean, in a, in a strange way, I was kind of relieved when Tottenham scored with five minutes to go uh, in, in our recent FA Cup tie because... There was just no way I could see us winning that game. I mean, we'd have had an extra half hour. We might have got through, and then you know it would be maybe beating them on penalties. But it was a bit of a long shot. Whereas if there was the possibility of a replay, I'd have been absolutely gutted about that goal because it would have robbed us of the chance to go to the Tottenham Stadium. But I do think that maybe there there is a, an argument for for getting rid of them. You know, how many times do teams get a replay? Should money be a greater distribution of wealth rather than the side that handles their finances poorly gets a lucky cup draw and then gets a replay is it fair that they get more money than other clubs there's maybe a discussion there um but i i, I sadly do think well, that's that, the luck of the draw though isn't it yeah, yeah. it's it true it is yeah. that's, that's part of the it's, magic of it it's always going to yeah. happen yeah um i mean yeah yeah the, the greatest game i ever went to um was, was an fa cup replay at selhurst park uh, you know, phenomenal. So it, uh, I, I don't mind them being phased out from sort of the fourth round onwards because uh, for, for the quarterfinals, I think by the time you've got to that point, you've made your money and your fixtures are piling up a lot. Um, you know, even if you're a, a, a non-league side or a League Two side, if you get to that point, you've done well out of the cup and you're going to have a backlog of league games and you kind of, you probably don't really want replay. I mean, we played record number of games in 2001 and um, if we if had scored that win it would have been one more maybe if we'd have then beaten them in the replay and so forth um okay so on to the sort of the actual match itself i mean i'd be quite happy if the pre-game handshakes never came back i've just got a bit of a personal gripe about them they feel forced but what about the five substitutes um would that be a good thing to keep hold of would you like to see them go back to three or would you like to see that stay the same. I mean, again, it's something that's maybe been creeping into the game. We have concussion subs uh, and the inclusion of a, an additional sub in extra time if you've already made your three. 
should we keep the five subs? Is that a good thing? Um, I'll, I'll start with this one. I think um, it, it certainly speeds up the game. And we've, I think we've seen that. Um, I think it suits the Premier League pretty well because they've got much bigger squads and they've got strength in depth and they can afford to bring on a fifth substitute who's going to still add value to their team. I think the lower division teams, it might be more challenging, but having that option isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, so I guess I think it definitely suits the Premier League more so, but I also think it does speed up the game. So I probably would be pro it, but I don't think necessarily all teams would benefit from it necessarily. It gives them gives the managers a bit more of um opportunity to change it. It gives players a bit more game time. And I suppose the other thing, George, mm. is that it's easier to do quicker subs, isn't it? Because players have to go off to the quickest point. And as Wickham fans, the last thing we want to see is people slowing the game down. We want the game to be quick and pacey and you know, we don't like time wasting. So well, surely that's, last... that's, that's a big part of it, isn't it? That now we well, can do is... them quicker. This is it. I mean, we we've been we've been privileged to watch quick substitutions over the last sort of eight nine years or so. We've got we've got used to it. Um, so other teams are going to have to start getting used to that now as well. But uh, you know, we're we're quite well versed on, on on these sorts of things. But I think sort of taking on Simon's point there is that I think it's less of an impact in the Premier League uh, than than the, than the than the football league. I do also think that though it's it's actually less of an impact for the top six, just on that point that, you know, they've got more strength in depth so they can bring on a fifth sub who's going to be more relevant. Um, and that worries me to a, to a degree. I also think the other, the other aspects of the five subs is um, uh, it, it muddles the game up a little bit. And this is, this is purely from a, a purist sort of sense almost is that it's, it becomes a bit more like a, a friendly um, whereby you don't really like tactically the, the game the game falls apart a little bit uh, when you start using more than more than three subs um, and, and certainly towards the latter stages now some will argue actually that, that makes the game a bit more free flowing that it, it brings in um, uh, sorry Arsenal just scored an absolutely amazing goal there um, it brings in almost a disparative um, progress to the game as, as it goes on and it, and it certainly makes the last sort of maybe 20 minutes or even 10 minutes um, almost disjointed and I'm not sure why I particularly like that um, potentially from a neutral's point of view I think it possibly makes it slightly more exciting not sure we've seen evidence of that I know that people like Pep Guardiola um, and Jurgen Klopp who are sort of in the sort of you know they're considered to be almost younger managers if you like they're 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 very for it from a progressive point of view um i'm yet to be convinced if i'm honest so um I mean, so, we saw we saw San, um uh, angel make Sanchez. we saw angel make five subs against norwich didn't he? and um, we can't say it changed the game because we still lost but it did sort of change our sort of dynamic and after we made those changes we looked a bit more dangerous so that that was a a positive, but um, mm. yeah, I, players I, I can't really hide, can they? They may have to up their game, I think, as well. Players can't hide away. They've got exactly. more vulnerable. And I think, I think from a, I think the biggest issue really is from the manager's point of view is that if you've got five subs, you've got more options. You know, you can you can change the game up. So if you, you know, if, you, if you're in, if you're in the second half and it's not quite working, you can you can make a change at half time, and then you can make another one later on. Um, and bring on two subs in that later on one and completely change the game again. So it, it gives them more tactical flexibility. Um, 
I, I mean, I think I think one thing is if you've made your, your three subs and then a player gets injured, could could be on the end of a nasty tackle and can't carry on. He then has to go off, um, and that's not really fair. Uh, if in certain situations, especially if it's the result of you know a bad challenge or something like that. So to that end, it, it would be it would make the game a bit fairer in some respects. Um, and what we might sadly see the end of if we do have five, five subs is we may never see an outfield player go in goal again which would be um, I think a real shame because that, that's always fun no, to I see mean, you've got, it's a bit of an edge case but if you made five subs and someone makes a nasty challenge then it's the same situation isn't it yeah but the chances of it are less I mean yeah it's a bit more of an edge case there's not going to be too yeah. many yeah. too many cases of a manager making five no. at one time they might make no. um, three or uh, essentially made four the other night against QPR so mm. But on, on to the next point. Now, this is, I think, the, 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 big, the big debate is television. Now, I've only been to you know, three Wickham games this year, and most people have only been you know, two or one. Um, but I have watched more Wickham games this season than any other season. I've watched every single one due to I follow. Um, all the Premier League games have been shown live. So how are we going to see, how's this going to play out moving forward? Are all games going to be live on I follow? Should they be live on iFollow? What are your thoughts on it? Because it's a really interesting mm. debate, I think, this one. I'm sure iFollow would say yes. <laughs> I'm sure, should, would the club say yes? Because it's more money to them. You know, it's... Um, what do you Often, think, George? I mean... I think, I think it's, it's, you're right, it's a murky debate. Um, I think the... I think that at this point, the football league and the club should be should be doing some serious research on on how they want to want to progress things. Ultimately, I'd be surprised and shocked if we didn't go back to the status quo of what we had before of the three o'clock uh, the three three o'clock on Saturday blackouts, um, etc. Um, but it, but possibly this does show that there is more uh, that there there could be more games being being shown. So maybe the football league. Um, would want would maybe want to make a couple of games at five thirty kickoffs, for instance, uh, and they could be on iFollow. And I'm not talk. I know there's I know there's already say five thirty kickoffs on a Saturday, and and there's usually a championship game around that time, and there's a Premier League game. But maybe one game from League One and one game from League Two could be at that time. So those the the, the fans of those games can still go to still go to those games, but other people can watch it at, at, at those particular times. I, I'm kind of talking out loud a little bit here. You know, it's it, it's murky, but there's but there's it's definitely stimulus for a debate in terms of the, there's there's obvious recourse about how we how we can move forward. Ultimately, mm. I think we will 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 return to to what we what we've had before. Um, what's interesting is the Premier League TV rights are, are up up at the moment. Um, there's a lot of talk about them being worth less than what they were before. There's talk of being anything up to half, uh, half a billion pounds less. Uh, and ultimately, the, the Football League does receive money trickling down uh, from that kind of revenue. So there's a lot of lost revenue at the top of the game. So uh, that's going to be an issue, an issue as well. So it's, it's a very, very, very tough debate. Um, and and one, one thing I will, I will point out sort of at, at this point is that um, a few years ago, I did a, an article for the Wonder of Fanzine, and I did a bit of research and a bit of thinking about ticket prices. Uh, and my focus was: is what would happen to revenue if, uh, let's say, they took five quid off off the ticket price for, uh, across the ground? 
and and actually it doesn't sound like much because my, my thinking was if you took five quid off the off the off the ticket price how many extra fans would you then have to attract to break even and would you be able to attract that amount of fans and fill the stadium and still make the same amount of revenue and the answer actually was was you wouldn't be able to it would be very tough to you to, to reduce ticket prices like that from revenue point of view you you have to you'd have to bring in thousands of extra fans so it, it was a, it was a real eye opener of, of why ticket prices are so expensive so if you put say a ticket price from 18 pounds up to 22 pounds and you lost a handful of fans you would actually still make a, a lot more revenue. The other thing to think about is, is revenue lost on match days as well. It's not just ticket prices. So people paying 10 quid or 12 quid or even 15 quid for, to watch on iFollow, actually, you know, if there's three or four of them, there's a lot of lost ticket prices there, but there's a lot of lost revenue in the bars, in the, t in the, in the, in the tea bars, in the canteens, in the club shop. Um, all, o all over the place. And actually, Rob Kuig's and the Kuig family's uh, main gain is to get pe more people spending at the ground. Uh, that's, that's what their focus is on commercially. So, and I think anything on I follow outside of the, inside of the Saturday three o'clock fixtures, I don't think that fits with that plan at all. Well, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of I follow because I think, I think Wickham Wanderers has quite a lot of dropout of fans from people going to uni or people having um, children, you know, life events that mean that people can't um, go to games anymore. And when you can't get to games, it's not as easy to follow the club. If you've got I follow, that then means that you can remain a fan and remain interested and still contribute financially. And the Cooleys have really tapped into the international appeal of I follow and pushing Wickham Wanderers uh, abroad and monetizing that as well. Um, so I think um, I follow is great now. I think, you know, as we've said, the pandemic has shown that um, people really want to be out. We're tired of living our lives online. People want to be actually at the game. It's a lot better. Um, it's wrong to think that iFollow will stop people going. But I think it's also wrong to think that it won't have some effect. But it, of course, it, it's about weighing that up. You know, you still get um, fans going to away games. I mean, I think our biggest iFollow game a couple of years ago was Ipswich away, and there were still 700 fans spending money and time to get to that game. We had a tweet from um, Ed Sir. He said that he thinks that the ban on three o'clock kickoffs um, will end. And thanks for your tweet, Ed, by the way. Um, but he also thinks I follow for Saturday games should be priced more to encourage fans to the ground. I mean, do you think that mm. if I followed Simon, if, you, if, if I follow wasn't available on Saturday, was available on Saturday, it would just drive um, the attendances down or just have a, a minimal effect? And would it result um, in more people watching and maybe more money? Um, to, to counteract that. So, uh, an initial point, and I'll answer that point if that's okay. I'll just one I've been sitting on, and that is, I think iFollow will be, it it will be beneficial if, and George touched on this point as well, if Premier League teams, Premier League games are not televised as frequently as are at the moment. Because my theory is, you, so good point you touched on Phil in terms of people have gone to university, the international audience, but I also think that those fans who are on a tipping point, Wickham, but they also follow other teams in the Premier League. If they're not going to Wickham games, then they're probably going to watch a Premier League game more than likely if it's on at the same time. So if 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 there's a schedule whereby Wickham game is televised and it doesn't clash, then I think there's a real benefit there. Um, from a pricing perspective, which you touched on, Phil, um, I it's a, that's a really tough one, isn't it? Because I think ten pounds is actually quite a lot for a Championship game anyway. If you're going to go up to yeah. twelve, if you 
because I follow, it's definitely improved over the course of the season. I think first game we watched it, there was some definite glitches. And as we've gone through, it's definitely improved. But I think if you went, I think £10 is the ceiling at the moment for, for a product you're getting. Um, you're not going to watch it on think, a whim, are you? You're not just going to think, oh, I'm, uh, yeah, let's just stick it on in the background, which is what I do with a lot of Premier League games. But you're not just going to... If, if it's going to yeah. cost you £10. So I, th- yeah. so I, think, there's a, I think there's a very niche audience there, uh, particularly if there's other games on at the same time. Yeah. Um, the other, think... the other... Sorry, go on. No, no, that was my point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was just going to say, I mean, the other thing is they say support your clubs, not illegal streams. Now, mm. people can still connect to VPNs and watch games. Even in, in the UK, there are ways around Who would do that? That is outrageous. <laughs> that is outrageous. But, there are yeah. ways to do it, and they're still Scumbag. paying money, so I don't think that I follow cares too much about that because the, they're still paying money and it's still going to the club. But there's still going to be these illegal streams. They're still going to exist. So if they make it, if they ban it in the UK, they can only do it to a point, and people are still going to watch it. So is it wise to follow the rule, the um, example set out by initially the music industry and then the film industry? You've sort of made streaming and downloading legal and had simultaneous releasing um in order to monetize it is that a way because people they're still going to do it even if you ban it is that that's been a debate that's been a debate for years though isn't it i mean you know that's but not not with iphone because we haven't had it i mean well this is a new thing so you've had it now they take it away people are still going to watch it and then then well well i can't pay my 10 pound but i can get a dodgy stream and watch it nothing or for you know half the price and that money's not necessarily going to go to the club but, so. but, but 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 i've posed a question then do you think those people that's going to be a very i think that's going to be a subset because we're talking those people will generally want to be at the games if they're if they're if they're trying to find the game illegally they're that committed i think more often than not they're going to want to be at the game aren't they from the wiccan perspective i might be very i might be completely wrong here but that would be my yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence with that. I, 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 I do completely agree. I occasionally do find myself, and this is sometimes when I've even got a ticket to the game. So I've got a ticket, I've, I've paid my money up front. And you get to the day of the game, something goes wrong in the morning, you know, kids or work or something, something's not quite right. Um, you're running a bit late. Uh, it's hacking it down with rain. It's freezing cold, and you just think, actually, do you know what? I could quite happily just sit here, have a beer, and and watch the game, and I follow him, and 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 sometimes pay an extra tenner. And actually, one of the big one of the big points about uh, about it is is at Adams Park, as if you if you are running a bit late, um, is that you don't have to worry about finding a parking space. Hopefully, that'll become more of an issue if we get more fans. But, well, but then, of course, well, of course, yeah. of course, you you counter you counter that with people that do have young children and can't get there, but they can still put money into the club and watch the game um, in a way that they wouldn't have been able to previously. So, mm. yeah, the, the, this goes back to my earlier point, though, is that the worry would be mm. is that actually you would lose out more commercially by not having them at the ground than, than you would by watching them watching them on iFollow. Yeah, but then you, also kids, have, you, kids, you yeah. would need a lot of iFollow uh, viewers but, to make up for that commercially. And even even if you even if you didn't, if the numbers did vaguely stack up, you would still be need to be really brave to actually actually go down that road. Yeah, and I, it, hence the international audience is a target because you know there's no way otherwise they can see the game, um, yeah, and that would I mean, be yeah, that would be the that, right target. 
you're going to you're going to lose people anyway but you can still keep them on through i follow and you might lose some so it's uh, there's no exact it's, science to it it's, but it's a fine line isn't it between messaging like how do you if, if we're losing and why are we losing and how can we get them to the game i know sometimes it's very difficult to do so and some people some just can't go to the game so you they just can't pay their money well yes watch the game and the you, don't, you just don't want you just got to, you've got to tread carefully. You don't want to give another option eat too easily, if you see what I mean, because then, you, as you say, commercially, it can be quite dangerous. Okay, um, moving on, because uh, time, time is uh, of the essence. The final area is, uh, is the future. Uh, will we see a greater share of wealth to protect the lower league clubs who rely on attendance um, far more than the Premier League? Is that something that you can see potentially happening? I can't. Anyone want to take that point? Yeah, I'll, I'll, sorry, Phil. I, um, I cut off there. I can uh, I can take that point. I mean, one of the things that actually we we managed to I think dodge a bullet uh, was the project that uh, Liverpool and Man United were working on, um, and the fortunately the Premier League saw that fairly quickly and uh, and and chucked it out. Um, there's also a uh, another project in the background that I think is the the kind of going to be the spur to create the European Super League, which is probably a, uh, a, a is is now probably definite. It's an it's an it's an, an if. Uh, it's not it's a it's a when, not an if. Now I think so. So that will happen eventually. It might be in five years' time. It might be in twenty five years' time. Who knows? But but the big clubs are paving the way for that to happen. Um, and and it's about the the lower leagues, the the football league, and and, and below even of of how we can manoeuvre ourselves to um, still have that trickle down effect of, of the wealth the wealth coming down. Um, we need to monetise iFollow. <laughs> but again, again, there is an argument. There is an argument going back to that that you promote iFollow, people are going to watch games on iFollow rather than watch. Premier League matches. I mean, I know a few years ago, I remember listening to commentary on a game, old game against Accrington away on a Tuesday night whilst watching the Champions League. But if there's a clash again, I won't watch the Champions League. I'll watch Wickham and pay my money. So, you know, it, it, it goes that way as well. Again, I think that's a subset though, Phil. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give in on this one. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I generally, I have more a, people going to watch Premier League. Yeah. I, I have I think, a, a, unfortunately, a I think it will. I have a fairly extreme long-term view on this in that probably 20 years time, the way that we consume sport and particularly football is going to, is going to change immeasurably. Um, I think that the Premier League should, uh, if they don't, they should definitely become uh, their own broadcaster. Uh, and if they don't, they will partner with someone uh, that's probably not Sky, someone who can offer something a lot different, so your YouTubes, your Facebooks, um, your Amazon. Uh, there, there will be things like virtual reality um, coming into play. So, uh, you know, there'll be one a, a camera in the chairman's seat and you'll be able to have a fully immersive um, stadium. Either manager sort of thing, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, so that, it's, it's the technology and the way that we consume things that will probably drive this. Um, and it's a and it's a question. It's a question. It's another question. It's a when, not an if. You know, uh, will will it happen in the next the next generation? 
possibly. Mm. Um, but I cer certainly think in the next next 25 years or so, um, you know, we we could look back on on this debate that we're having today, and it will just seem it will just seem like fodder. It really will. Yeah. Although one thing lockdown I think has taught us is you could bring in all that technology, but actually in reality, nothing beats just being there with your friends. And I know, and I don't think that'll ever change. Side, yeah. I don't, I well, human, human beings are social creatures. I mean, the debate about television and football goes on for ages. It's the same with the debate about television and cinema, but people still go to the cinema because of the social experience. And that, because that, you can't change human behaviour. Yeah, yeah we did have a yeah. we did have a tweet from uh, Adam Gibke of the of the Hopeless Wanderer podcast. So do give that a listen. Thanks for your message, Adam. He actually mentions he'd like to see post COVID introduction of referee assessment leagues, points gained, lost, dependent on performance. Uh, from a game so they can improve on decision making now i do think that watching all these games on telly we've discussed referees before i think watching these games on telly has really highlighted uh, mistakes that uh, or things that officials miss but otherwise maybe watching football in the lower leagues we wouldn't have seen now if you think mm -hmm. of um, tim crawl's assault on nandy off a ball the other week i don't think anyone was shouting for a penalty when that incident happened it was only when we watched the replays that we actually realized it should have been a penalty so it's almost like this television and people at the ground wouldn't have noticed that, maybe one or two, but we're all watching it and we're all noticing it. So has this maybe highlighted the need for improved refereeing over the past um, past year in the championship? Because it's like we've got VAR, but without actually it being implemented, whereas in the Premier League, someone else can watch it and say, hang on, you got that decision wrong. Well, let, let's let you know. I think it's uh, this podcast view on VAR is that it is an absolute disaster. So let's not let's not touch on that. But I do think this we have highlighted this season that the standard of refereeing isn't that great, perhaps in the Championship and below. Uh, and 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 Adam's got a fair point that actually, if uh, uh, if there's a ways ways and means in which we can improve refereeing, and is that, does that necessarily mean bringing them to account a little bit more? I'm always quite defensive on on referees. It's, it, anyone who's refereed or even even line lined a, a game, it's very very difficult job. It's hugely hugely difficult. And actually, Joe Public who is shouting in the stand that you know the referees and an effing what they probably never refereed a game so they don't really know but yeah. but you can't, I you have can't. and it's very very difficult so, I, so I have a lot of fairness on the referees but there mm. have been some, there are some shockers out there there really yeah. are some shockers. there's been some decisions. been some bad decisions but also there have been decisions that it's understandable why they missed it you know there's a lot to look for yeah. and it's Absolutely. easy to referee a game on television and I, I always laugh when you get people at the back of the stand saying how can you make that decision, Ref? That was never a penalty. Thing. Hang on, I think he might have a better view than you. Um, so maybe that'll be something. Uh, finally, my only feedback on that, Phil, also yeah. really, really quickly, really quickly point. People who don't really under follow how good referees are, which is a lot of people, they don't know referees by name very well, will suddenly see this exposed and will subsequently automatically think a ref's going to have a bad game if, they, if they're quite low in, if they've been performing badly recently and, it, and it's been publicised. That is my only yeah. input on that. Definitely, yeah. Just finally, um, very quickly, um, grassroots football has been stop start for over a year, but what effect will this have? I mean, think of Anis Mimetti. If he hadn't been picked up by Wickham, he wouldn't have played much for the past year. How many more players like that could there be? And will we see a couple of years down the line a lack of, um, of upcoming talent? It's, it's definitely put talent it's definitely shuffled it down down the uh, down the line a little bit and there there will be there will be players undoubtedly it might only be one it might be 100 players who have probably missed their chance at a professional shot mm -hmm. a professional contract uh, because they were in form last season in the non league 
and then they've they've missed the season and then they you know they may have got injured or whatever there will be it will have changed the the course of a lot of players careers um and it certainly has put the production line back um uh, six months a year even maybe even longer so it will have a knock-on effect will we see that effect in tangible results no we won't but it will have had an effect it's a vicious industry, isn't it? And there's some fine lines. And I think this year, for a certain age group, they would have been ready to go and, and they would have been knocked back. So, you, you, yeah, it's, it's pretty harsh on them, I imagine. Yeah, maybe maybe we can, we've sort of benefited from those. Obviously, in the Meti, we've benefited from, but some of the other younger players that we signed for the under-23 squad. Um, but, hmm. again, we won't, we won't necessarily know. This is what's going to be interesting two years down the line because there will always be young players. But maybe just as a general rule, the quality... Might you know the the technical quality of some younger players may just drop off the drop drop a little bit. I don't know. It's all possible, but that um that kind of largely uh, brings us to the end. Uh, that's uh, all for all from us pretty much. Um, football hasn't been the same over the past year. It's been great to have it in some form. It certainly helped us get through and have at least a, a touch of normality. There's going to be negative effects of the pandemic on football, but there could uh, well be some positives. Uh, anything you want to add, gents? No, just enjoying enjoying the show whilst it whilst it carries on, and uh, looking forward to getting back in the ground probably next season. Now, by the looks of it, yeah, be, may, yeah. maybe a pre-season friendly, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, we will be back uh, towards the end of March. Uh, we'll be here to discuss uh, Wicked Wanderers, other footballing related discussions. Don't forget, we're on Twitter at Wanderer Podcast. Do please uh, leave a review, tell your friends. Uh, many thanks for listening, and uh, that's it from us. And goodbye. Wandering